This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We know someone who always brings a tremendous amount to the table, and that's Shil Kapati. Just doing uh, phenomenal work. Been covering the NFL and obviously the Eagles for a number of years. We have, John, we have not touched base with Shil been forever yeah probably since either right after the draft or perhaps right before the draft and he is absolutely one of our favorites he joins us right now good morning shill what's up guys how you doing good man so man shill so much to get to let let me start with this question how do you think howie roseman did this offseason i think he did i think he did a great job given the resources he had kind of at his disposal you know we we all knew going into the offseason they weren't going to be able to bring everyone back from that Super Bowl team. So uh, I look at what he did in the draft. I thought the swing for Jalen Carter uh, was a smart move. Now, the one issue I had, and I, it's not a major one, but at corner, what they did, that would be the one kind of nit I would have to pick where I would say, do you really want to bring back two guys who are 30 years old uh, and above mm. to start this season? I mean, if you look at the history of the NFL, and we saw this with Namdi way back in the day, but really you look at it league-wide, cornerback is a position where once you get to 30, once you get in that range, you can kind of fall off a cliff really quickly. So we all, you know, like Darius Slay and James Bradbury and saw what they did uh, last season, but that's one area where I say, man, if this season goes sideways a little bit, uh, it could be due to those corners kind of getting old in a hurry. Should did you wow. see slippage? You know, we, should, we had a caller um, a couple of minutes back, and he said, John, you know, something to this uh, – point like Jonathan Gannon cost the Eagles the Super Bowl and I actually think that's too simplistic and unfair I don't think Jonathan Gannon had a good second half I thought there were a lot of players that let him down now there were players slipping which is in large part bad luck but I thought the corners didn't hold up their end of the bargain in the Super Bowl and I think a lot of players kind of got let off the hook because of the field and because of the Gannon thing how do you think Bradbury and Slay finished the year I agree with the caller. <laughs> ah, thank you, Sheil. Yeah, listen, if, if it were these guys getting beat one-on-one, then I would say you're right. You know what? They, they, uh, they were at fault. They slipped towards the end of the year. When you have corners who aren't getting lined up uh, and don't know what's coming and the opposing coach is kind of pantsing you in the red zone, I mean, that to me is more coaching. So how did they finish mm. the season? I mean, I, I didn't see James Bradbury really slip at all last season. Like, I remember there was one uh, 20-yard play he gave up, I I think, in the last month of the season. And I went back and looked like it was the only one he gave up all year. I mean, he did not give up big plays. Now, Darius Slay, there were some moments here and there. Uh, I thought it was a little uh, exaggerated that he slipped. You know, some of the stats around quarterbacks, uh, I think, can be misleading when you're playing zone coverage. It's not necessarily uh, his fault on some of those where he's still hustling. So uh, I thought I didn't see it at the end of the season, to be honest. But uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, come October, November, we're going to say, man, they, they're not the same players they were last year. Shil, uh, now that we're out of the OTAs, uh, do you have any better idea what our defensive plan is going to look like with Sean Desai as our new defensive coordinator? 
No, I, I think really, you know, the, the OTAs, and they only had a couple open to the media. I was there for one of them. But, I, I mean, you really can't string a lot together uh, from what they do in the spring. You know, I, I think what the hope would be with Sean Desai, I think against bad teams, honestly, it might look similar to what you saw last year and the last two years where you're playing a lot of zone coverage, you're not blitzing a lot. You know, that worked against bad teams. My hope with Desai, mm-hmm. given his history and what I've heard about him, is that when you face the Patrick Mahomes and the Joe Burrows and, uh, you know, even Dak Prescott carved him up last year, when you face those guys, he's going to have some more wrinkles up his sleeve where you say, ooh, I, I didn't see that coming. That's something they hadn't shown all year. Wow, this is a really creative game plan. You know, you remember back in the days of Jim Johnson, we'd be saying that all the time. Where, oh, this is a creative game plan week. Okay, they're doing something we haven't seen all year. And you didn't see that in two years with Jonathan Gannon against any good quarterback. You did not see any wrinkle that made that quarterback hesitate, that made that quarterback sweat. That was my biggest frustration with him. I talked to you guys about it week in and week out, really, for two years going. Uh, but they didn't face many good quarterbacks last year, so it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You look at the schedule this year, it's totally different. So that's how I'm going to evaluate Sean Desai. It's not against you know the bottom feeders of the NFL. It's, hey, when you get in that stretch in the middle of the season where they have, what, five, six weeks in a row against good quarterbacks, what's he showing me there? What's he tr- trying there? Because I think that's going to tell you what you're going to see in the playoffs. I'm really excited for Jalen Carter, excited to see how he fits in, excited to see how they use him uh, and how it compares to Jordan Davis's usage last season. Shield, did, how did the Eagles feel about Jordan Davis's rookie year? I don't, I don't know specifically how they felt about it. I mean, I look at it, and it didn't happen for him in, in year one. I mean, zero sacks, zero quarterback hits during the regular season, and I thought he was fine against the run, but let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, he goes down with an injury, and Linvel Joseph comes in, and the run defense was an upgrade. I mean, that, that's not exactly uh, what you want to see. So that was only his rookie season. So I'm not panicking. I want to be patient with the guy. By, by all accounts, he's got the right makeup. We know he's got the physical tools. But if you were telling me to base it you know, solely on his rookie season, then I would have some concern. But you do have a history with these defensive tackles, these nose tackles specifically in the NFL, where it takes them uh, a couple years to kind of get going. Mm-hmm. They're not guys who come in and take the league by storm right away. So uh, you want him healthy, and I think he's still got the upside. But, yeah, you obviously want to see more than what he showed during his rookie season. So, Shiel, I like to think, you know, I know a lot about Philly sports and or sports in general. I'm going to try to prove that and beat the hammer coming up in five minutes. <laughs> but you just said something I didn't know. Did you say he had zero hits on the quarterback? Yeah, I think if you look at his, you know, pro football record zero? page in the regular season, zero sacks, oh. zero quarterback hits. Now, uh, and it's funny because you, you never think got the Super there. Bowl, he got <laughs> he got Mahomes on the one play. Remember where Mahomes made the crazy play? That I don't know if that was his first quarterback hit of the the whole year, or if he had one earlier in the playoffs. But yeah, I believe in the regular season, he was kind of shut out on both fronts. Wow. Hey, Sheila, let's talk about a dude um, you were really high on two years ago. You and Mike Quick were the two guys pounding the table for Quez Watkins. And it's very disappointing last two seasons. Is he salvageable, or has this pretty much run its course? I mean, Joe, I think pounding the table. Is well, that, we, can re- we can rewind the tape a little bit. I don't know that I was pounding the table. For you, were like Krush- you were like Khrushchev at the U.N. You took off your shoe. <laughs> 
You started pounding the table uh-huh. with your shoe. Listen, I, I already have enough bad wide receiver takes on my resume. I don't need, I don't need you adding more uh, to the ledger there. But Bud Watkins, you know, he didn't have a good year last year. There, there's no doubt about it. He didn't play well. Uh, he's not going to get a lot of opportunities in this offense. So he's the kind of guy you need him to be reliable and you need him to make the most of the opportunities that he does have. And he didn't do that last year. And so I think that's why you saw them uh, bring in Zacchaeus from the Falcons, who's like a, you know an unknown name, but the guy had over 500 yards last year. You know, it's not like this is someone who hasn't done anything in the league. So I think there'll be a little bit of a competition there. I know Nick Sirianni was really talking up, uh, gassing up Wes Watkins during the spring. So he's got speed, which I like from that number three receiver. I like having that element that maybe your, your top two guys, they're not necessarily a pure speed threat. So in theory, I like the idea of Quest Watkins, but on film, uh, I didn't like what I saw from him last season. So yeah, I do think there's going to be a competition there uh, during training camp. How improved are our running backs with DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny instead of Miles Sanders? Yeah, there's more variety. I mean, Penny, like, Penny staying healthy would be a huge shot. I mean, you just look at his history, it's probably not going to happen. It's almost one of those things where you're like, you, you want him healthy at the end of the season or in the playoffs. But from a talent perspective, Rashad Penny is more talented than the other guys on the roster. He's more talented than Miles Sanders when he plays. He's explosive. He's a big play threat. So he's going to be really fun when he's healthy. But just you saw from the contract, you know, they barely guaranteed him any money that really the league-wide expectation is you can't count on this guy. And I love the move for DeAndre Swift. I, I thought that was a shrewd move. I think he, he's a versatile back. I think he can be good in this offense. The truth is with this offense, with Jalen Hurts, the scheme, the offensive line, it's like the most running back friendly you know, spot in the entire right. NFL. You're going to have holes to run through. You're going to put up good numbers. Uh, it's just a matter of who, who can make those big plays. Can you turn kind of a, a six-yard gain into a 15-yard gain? And I think Swift has that ability. So, yeah, I, like, I really like what they did at running back, not spending a lot of money, adding some variety, adding some depth where if one guy goes down, uh, you're, you're not done for the season. You have other options. Shield Kapadia with us here from the ringer right now. By the way, you can follow Shield on Twitter, at Shield Kapadia uh, on Twitter. Beat the Hammer coming up in about five minutes. Five minutes, beat the Hammer. Call to action right now. We'll take caller number five because, you know, number five will always love you. Caller number five on the contest line, 215-988-1258. Caller number five, contest line. You'll be competing in Beat the Hammer coming up shortly. Speaking of not five but one, uh, Shiel, Jalen Hurts. So for those that don't know, Shiel watches every play of every game on tape, like not just – on TV, but goes back, coaches tape the whole deal, every angle. So we saw every play last year from Jalen in depth. Obviously, Shield, he was phenomenal. What, in your opinion, is, is next for Jalen Hurts to check off the box that he hasn't checked off? What's next in his evolution? I'd like to see him, and this isn't necessarily just him, but the offense, and, and he's a part of it. I think against the Blitz, if you look at the numbers and you look at the film, they were still a below-average football team. Last year where a lot of times it seemed like when they got caught off guard with the blitz, it was a lot of, you know, running around and asking Jalen Hurts to kind of just make something mm-hmm. happen. I, I think they need more answers against the blitz. I would be shocked if that wasn't a focus for them uh, this offseason because, you know, we saw it. teams went back and forth with how they wanted to play the Eagles. Some of them said, hey, let's just play soft coverage. He's not going to beat us from the pocket. And then he carved them up 
from the pocket. And then so other teams that had the ability to blitz and put pressure on him, uh, they went that way. And there were some teams, listen, the offense was great most of the year, but there were some spurts there where teams had success doing that. So if I were to outline one thing that I think, hey, they're probably working on this with Jalen Hurts, with the offensive line, uh, and even with the wide receivers and tight ends, uh, it would be being ready for those pressure packages, those blitzes that maybe you're not necessarily expecting when you're game planning, but uh, you know, you're prepared with answers once you get on the field. Shield, true or false? Dallas is a greater threat to the Eagles than San Francisco. We had multiple guests tell us that in the last two weeks. Is Dallas actually a bigger threat than San Fran? I would say true. I think it's close. I think really those are the three teams in the NFC. Once again, the Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys, and then maybe you get a surprise team uh, like the Lions. I would only go Dallas because just I know that they have the quarterback, and I don't know who started for the 49ers at quarterback in week one. Having said that, I mean, Mike McCarthy, you know, what the Cowboys did this offseason where they kind of let their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, go, where their offense was really good when Dak Prescott was healthy, and now Mike McCarthy's coming in talking about running the ball and playing defense. I mean, I don't know that they're built to do that, so I don't really trust uh, Mike McCarthy, and you can't, you know, overlook the, the fact that the Cowboys haven't been past the second round in, what is it now, 26, 27 years? Uh, whatever it is. So uh, I think the talent is there, but I'm not willing to kind of go in, go all in and say the Cowboys, uh, you know, are going to beat the Eagles in the NFC East. Now, the, the interesting thing is if those are two of the top two teams, whoever loses is a wild card team. And now all of a sudden you lose the home field. Uh, you have to play in the first round. So uh, obviously the Cowboys are the team the Eagles would want to hold off, whereas the, what the 49ers do isn't going to affect them as much. Sheila, we love talking football with you, man, and obviously look forward to it a ton in training camp and even more uh, once the regular season comes with you as a weekly guest on our show. Again, from the ringer, Sheila, have a uh, great rest of the summer, and uh, thanks so much, bud. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right, you Thank got it, man. Shield. There he is, Sheila Kapati. And-